Rick and Rick podcast with Cousin Ray Ray. Welcome back, fan. It's time for another edition of Brickless with Rick and the Cuz. Uh, we're back in for even more football, and we promise, no baseball. Let's just dive right into it, right into the meat and potatoes of things. Uh, the Big Ten kicked off, and other than one game, it pretty much went predictably. Uh, Wisconsin, they rolled all over Illinois. Uh so, you know, setting them up to once again lose a really big, important game and get drunk out of the season at some point. But, hey, better want to know. Uh, we gave you some bad betting advice on this Notre Dame game. Right, right. Yeah. What happened here? I I couldn't even tell you. I mean, a- after after last week's performance, I think we both thought we had them figured out. Uh we were wrong. I mean, I guess last week we said, like, this is either like a, you know, that game against Louisville, that was a, a trap game that they got out of. Right. Well, you said that, but you, and you, you were you were more correct than I was. That's for sure. And, and I think that may be true because, I mean, Pitt wasn't terrible. I mean, they were 3-3 three and three going into that. Uh, they love to play spoiler. But, I mean, Ian Book, I mean, 16 for 30 is not impressive at all. But I guess they found a way to win. 312 yards, three touchdowns. Well, typically Pittsburgh goes into it as the trap game, but since Notre Dame just had one, it's, yeah. it's hard to imagine back to back. I think that was one thing we didn't really uh, take into account. I thought they'd keep it close. I think that line was ten and a half, and they won by forty-two. So, yeah. Let's take a look here. What? Who does Notre? I mean, obviously, I think it's the seventh. Is two yeah, more weeks? Yeah, where they yeah. where they play Notre uh, mm-hmm. Clemson. So they're gonna get a they're gonna get Georgia Tech. So. <clears throat> I don't think they're going to be facing any kind of a challenge here. Uh, Clemson, are we at all concerned? Like, and, oh, this is such a ridiculous thing to say, but we are. Are we at all concerned they let Syracuse score twenty-one points? I, I, I still can't believe people are saying this. Like, I've, I've seen people online talking about it. I'm like, what? Why? Like, the, yeah, well, they didn't cover their forty-six point spread. Like, that was just ridiculous to start with. Like, twenty-six is still, a, you know, I, th- I, I get that they were one and four going into the game, but. You know, Syracuse isn't, uh, it's not like it's Citadel or something, you know. Yeah, they put up 21, but I don't know. I, I didn't watch the game, so I, I don't know how much of that was like a lucky, you know, freak plays, lucky plays, anything like that. But uh, I'm not worried at all. Clemson will be fine. They'll take care of Notre Dame in two weeks, and we'll see them in the national championship, likely as the one seed. Uh, Alabama didn't, uh, just, there was no quarter for Tennessee, 48-17. That was, that was over. And I think, uh, I think Tennessee's, they can probably pack it up for the season. I think they can just get a few more, maybe, you know, recruiting wins to say, hey, we finished, you know, slightly above 500 or something. But yeah, uh, they'll, they'll win all the games that they that they are supposed to win, and then they'll lose all the games that they need to win. Just it's just Tennessee. That, that's who their new coaching staff is. So Jeremy Pruitt's not a not a winning coach. He'll, he'll keep recruiting top 15 classes, but he's not going to produce it on the field. His his average loss against Florida and Georgia is by. 22 or 23 points and against Alabama it's it's like 26 it's not pretty yeah so uh Nebraska played a pretty good half against Ohio they kind of did that whole same thing that Tennessee did to Georgia and then Georgia did to Alabama where they were you know they were down you know 24 or 14 and a half and I was like hey maybe, maybe Nebraska isn't a you know complete turd maybe we were wrong about this and uh now nah, second half they were outscored 28 to 3 and Big Red got what was was coming to him. Um, well, yeah, the Big Ten punished him, and the, everyone knew it was coming. Uh, the leading rusher for the game, though, was Adrian Martinez. Uh, is this streak of Martinez's for Nebraska just going to keep going till we die? 
See, is this a coincidence? I I was like, I could have sworn their last quarter, like one of their previous quarterbacks was Martinez too. I think I it was, uh, I think it was a Taylor and then Adrian Adrian is what they redshirted. I I had no idea, but I was like, it just it feels like so many Martinez. But yeah, I don't know if they just confused. You know, maybe that's just something is broken in their recruiting algorithm, and that's just who they go get. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. They keep trying for this like dual threat. Thing in in Nebraska, and it's just it's not working out for them. It's also not really who they are. Like I, I know it's new coaching staff and everything, but when you think Big Red, you don't you don't think dual threat quarterback. You think you know the crazy run game they had in the early two thousands, right? Like yeah, the the nineteen nineties, you know, unstoppable. But I I'm looking at you know Nebraska, you know, every year and compared to like what UCF was and. You know, when uh, Frost is winning with, you know, I believe most of the time it was with Mackenzie Milton, who's making his uh, comeback maybe soon. I mean, I, again, I don't, I mean, Milton could, could scramble, but he wasn't the leading rusher of an entire game scrambler. So I don't know if this is a guy Frost inherited and he just still hasn't got his guys in there yet. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, be, you know, it's game one and you're facing Ohio State who has like the Chase Young type players year in, year out. So it could be he was just getting pressured and had to leave the pocket a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see Nebraska get back to form at some point because college football is, you know, it's better when when Big Red's in there. But I disagree. They got to. Uh, I don't. I don't know. They they got to get these. You know, it it feels like Division two or FCS players that they they have every year, and they just keep getting housed by uh, people who can actually recruit. Uh, so I watched this Oklahoma ISU game uh, for most of it because it was probably the the most weighty game. And it was good. To, I mean, Oklahoma State's out of it, so now they're you know they're still undefeated, because uh, that that definitely keeps them in the running. I, I don't think they get enough respect if they drop a game. I don't see them, uh, you know, getting any respect from the committee. I don't know if uh, this you know one if you were a one loss Big Twelve champ, I think you'd still have to maybe it would have to say like Texas or yeah, uh, I, I almost next your name. Me against the team you lost like it's got to be be like a redemption win to even like have a chance like if they yeah. if they lose to Oklahoma cuz they have a tough three game slate Oklahoma state does they, they still got Texas and Oklahoma the next couple weeks but if they lose to Oklahoma but they face them again in the championship and they just throttle them there i think they can get in but if they don't go undefeated it's it's very unlikely and they i mean and K state in there too and K state is in the, the middle of that uh, Red River sandwich and they're the highest rated out of all of them so it's a strange year when, you know, Oklahoma and Texas are ranked four and five in the, the Big 12 standings. So, Right. Facing four straight ranked opponents is also just not fair to Oklahoma State. But Hey, actually, I mean, really, if you want to get into the playoff, and it's not like even these, you know, these ranked Big 12 teams are even necessarily that good, but you've got to go be able to beat these conference opponents with numbers next to their names. If you think that yeah. you deserve a playoff yeah, for spot, sure. so. but to do it week, you know, four weeks in a row just seems, just seems rough. Yeah. To, to not have a, a break, but I mean that if, if they went out with this, you know, with, with ranked people on their roster to dominate their, you know, their conference, that's a guaranteed playoff spot. If they can run it, this is the first big 12, you know, defensive team. I think I've seen, at least ranked in my whole lifetime that, that I can remember back to since I started paying attention to college football. So they're, they're definitely one of the more exciting teams to watch. And it, it wasn't really a, like a sexy game. Like I wasn't really blown away by like the, the talent or skill or anything, but it was, it was just a, I mean, a, a solid win against a, an Iowa state team that was fighting pretty hard. So 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can pull it off. Speaking of not pulling it off in overtime, Indiana goes for two. What was your takeaway on this? Because I've watched the replay a couple of times, and I just I still don't know how I feel about it. My takeaway is I can't get over that I lost this bet. This just seemed like such a sure thing, like a ranked team going up against a team that last year went, I, I don't even know what I want to say, five and seven. I don't know how Indiana did last year, but that, oh my goodness, like they were losing 17 to seven at halftime. They fought back. I'm like, okay. Maybe they can build up a lead. Uh, all of that crap I, doesn't matter, I guess. They're, Penn State, gave, they had a chance in the end. And I, on that last play, I swear he is like at least half an inch short. Maybe a whole inch. It didn't look like he got in. They reviewed it. I think it was more of a, you know, we can't change it because there's not enough evidence. Yeah. But to me, that it, like I don't know. If, if they just have a better angle on that sideline, I don't know why they don't put it right on the sideline why they need to put it like back three yards just g- give me a straight line view of the goal line and i think we would i think we would have seen that he was just short like when the, when the ball hits the out of bounds because the the tip of the the ball hits out of bounds before it hits the the pylon so to me he's short but yeah, it was wild i, I liked how the but the fact the fact that penn state let them take them to overtime um, after taking an eight-point lead with, like, 40 seconds left, that, that they didn't deserve to win this game anyway. I liked how the announcer put it at the end of that game that, you know, this is a really bad loss for Penn State, and they get the Death Star next week because they get to go. Uh, I, mean, I guess they're they're at home, but they still get Ohio State. So mm-hmm. if they lose that, Penn State's over. I mean, if, if they manage to, maybe it's just, just week one, they weren't awake, and... They, you know, they managed to pull this off at home against Ohio State, then it's a whole new ball game, right? Because then yep. they, they could have the – I mean, if they do that, they're going to – they could easily win out, right? They get Maryland, Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan, Rutgers, and MSU. So you win that, and you don't have to play Ohio State again. So, yeah, and the, the – the, like the I guess the, uh, the prevalence for this game is a lot more for Penn State than it is for Ohio State with, with a win – Ohio State goes up to ninety three percent chance to make the playoff versus their current eighty five. So not a you know eight point eight percent is a pretty big jump, but it's not crazy. If they lose, they go down to fifty three percent, which means they still have a pretty good chance to make the playoffs. Whereas Penn State currently sitting at seven percent would jump up to thirty four percent with a win, and then you know if they lose, obviously like you said, they're they're out less than point one percent. It's it's over. Yeah, this is yeah. If, Which if is a they big lose, sandwich to have to to sit, you know, it's a big dinner table to have to sit down at, you know, for your second game of the season after that heartbreaking loss week one. Yeah, I mean the the only thing about this win is if you win, even if I, if Ohio State wins out, you get that head to head win, you don't have to play them again. So your entire season yep. is in week two, and that's got to exactly. that can't be a good feeling going into this. But I I guess that's kind of a leave it all in the field mentality because it is over i mean you might as well not even play the rest of the season just forfeit it stay away from the rona pack it in i mean you're just trying to get game film to get recruited if you lose or get drafted if you lose that yeah cincinnati stays uh undefeated they took out smu Big real time. hard 42 to 13 so this eliminates smu absolutely for sure yeah uh, but a, a very dominant win. I mean, they scored 14 points in, in three out of four quarters. So just to, to keep it up through the game that consistently, they're already ranked ninth, uh, depending on what the CFP ultimately ranks them at. I mean, we could see uh, we could see Cincinnati get kind of on the on the bubble. Again, there's a lot, a lot in their way. 
But, yeah, uh, the, the buzz is already there. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that they were already ranked top 10 and beat an undefeated SMU team who had gotten a little lucky throughout the year. They had, they had a couple close games against some bad teams. But the if, if they're able to destroy their competition like they are, it, it'd be hard to keep them out if they go undefeated and beat teams by 29 points like they did. Well, they're going to get Memphis next week. And Memphis is, you know, they're always a – they seem to play everybody tough. Uh, they're good for power for group of five. Yeah, Memphis is uh, – they're 3-1. and one. Eventually they get UCF, who's currently 3-2. and two. Otherwise, it's not a strong schedule. So they absolutely have to win out and get a ton of hope because they're going to get, you know, uh, they're going to get Houston. who I mean, they're 2-1, they're and one, so they're going to have, you know, a little bit of trouble with them. But then, you know, Eastern Carolina, Temple, and Tulsa. I believe uh, they have – do they, do they have 11 games? Uh Math is hard, but they've played four with a postponement, and then they've got six coming up. So they have 11 games scheduled. They'll see if they ultimately. Oh no, never mind. That Tulsa game's at the end, so they got 10 games scheduled. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if if they can if they can do it. They're ranked seven now. Actually, they were nine in that week, so that's, that's interesting. Yeah, they moved up. Well, yeah, there's there a couple. You know, you had Georgia and a couple other teams go down. Georgia, Penn State. But, you, I mean, we'll see, too, because these rankings are also uh, not real yet until the CFP gives out some rankings. So, I mean, we'll see if, if, a, if a P5 team is going to sneak in there. This would be the weird asterisk-based year to do it. Uh, Miami snuck one out against Virginia. They kind of, again, they've got such a, a, a tough sled a, ahead of them oh, coming up. But the fact that they barely beat Virginia. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but they got the W, but... You know, they still have UNC in the, the championship game coming up. So, I mean, they don't have to face Notre Dame or anything. So, And they took their lump pretty hard against Clemson. Actually, they managed to win a game and go down a ranking. So that's what the, that's what the pollsters thought of that five-point win. BYU remains undefeated. Yeah. Have you looked at their schedule? They have uh, they got nobody coming up. They, yeah. have like, they have like one iffy game against Boise State, and that's about it. Yeah, and then who knows what that San Diego State game is at the end of the year. But, yeah, I mean, they, they just thump Texas State. They get Western Kentucky. So, I mean, I guess we'll find out on the six because that's the only ranked team in their way. This um, is what we talked about a few weeks ago with uh, if BYU and Cincinnati both go undefeated, they're really screwing each other over. Yeah, somebody's got to go down. Uh Otherwise, the, the, the committee, because the committee's looking for a reason to keep them both out, right? I mean, realistically. Oh, yeah. Because you don't, I mean, everyone dogs in the committee hard every year anyway. So if you, you know, let in a team that, you know, the whole nation is going to be like, wow, what'd you let in a Power 5 team for? They're going to get destroyed. And then they inevitably get destroyed, even the same way, you know, some power five teams have they're gonna they're gonna catch hell for it so the committee definitely doesn't want to let them in so they're gonna have to earn it and uh the only way to really do that is for one of them to trip real hard right i mean it's a really no no win situation for the committee either they let them in and they get destroyed which you know makes the committee look bad because why'd you let them in or they let them in and they win and it's like oh well shoot maybe we should have been letting them in this whole time so the committee has no incentive to start letting these guys into the playoff. Yeah, and the temporary rankings have the the Bear, Cincinnati Bearcats at seven and the the Cougars at eleven. So they're they're still on the outside looking in. Uh, North Carolina returned to form, thumping uh, you know ranked NC State. Uh, you know North Carolina still got uh, 
you know, both uh, Notre Dame and Miami uh, ahead of them. And then, of course, the, the championship game. That's a, that's a lot to lose. I think we can probably almost comfortably count out North Carolina. Yeah, they already have a loss on the season. They're not, they're not going to go undefeated. Virginia Tech managed to lose to Wake Forest, so they're not going to be ranked next week. Not a three and three. I hope not. Uh, Kansas State is making their case for you know their their shot at the Big Twelve championship. They uh, the Sunflower Showdown wasn't much of a showdown. It's uh, fifty five to fourteen, and they covered for my bet. So appreciate that, guys. Hey, if you're gonna do it, do it big. Um, yeah, and then I guess Coastal Carolina was ranked twenty fifth, and they got a win, but and uh, so did so did Marshall. But neither of those games too impressive. Uh, let's go ahead and look ahead to, I guess, week nine is what we call it. Oh, not even going to talk about Minnesota-Michigan, huh? Why is that not on my list of games? Oh, there it is. I, I just scrolled past it. That's uh, what I thought. How do you feel about that? Because it was, uh, <clears throat> I, I watched a good portion of it, and it felt like, in the at least in the first half, Michigan caught a lot of lucky breaks. Yeah, that, that fluke fumble where he, your quarterback got hit. Um, ball flew straight up into the air into the arms of a defender who ran it in ten yards for a touchdown. Super unlucky. And that was uh, but Minnesota also had a little bit of luck. They had a block punt to start the game, so they scored their first touchdown. So it really felt like Minnesota wasn't playing with any urgency in the second half either. I'm not sure what their plan was, but Michigan was pretty dominant on defense, which I I hate saying that Michigan was dominant in anything. Uh, and I watched basically the whole game. Uh, Milton had a good first game. He had a lot of carries. I'm not sure if the the dual the dual threat quarterback is what Harbaugh's going for right now. But uh, Michigan looked really solid. They they had a couple lucky breaks, but that's not obviously that wasn't the difference in a 25. Uh, 25 yeah, you, you don't get lucky all the way to 49 points. So, but I mean, Minnesota had the the leading rusher in that game. You know, Ibrahim uh, had 26 carries, 140 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, that's a good sign that the Minnesota's at least got a rushing game. And then uh, Rashad Bateman, leading receiver, nine catches for 101 yards. So, I mean, they it could be some week one stuff. But they were really this, hurting from the, their loss of their offensive production with Tyler Johnson and the what two or three. It was at least three offensive linemen that they lost. So yeah. you can and you can see it too. Like they were just getting just wrecked on the on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and they've got at least you know Minnesota can can bounce back. They get Maryland, then Illinois, and then Iowa, Purdue. Uh, yeah, and then Iowa got turn. So their only real tough game left is uh, you know it's Wisconsin on the twenty eighth. So so they're going to have to win that and win that convincingly. Uh, you know to come back and. And have a chance because they're really their only path through is is through the the Big Ten championship now. Right. So. I don't think that they get through. I, I do think that they end this year, you know, winning and then probably ranked. Just uh, I I don't think they're pushing for a conference championship or anything like that. No, I'd have to see a huge improvement. But yeah, six and two is probably where they end up. All right, let's move on. Not a lot. Of, was this basically the SEC just week off? I don't see any games for them. Yeah, uh, Florida was supposed to play in Missouri, but that also got pushed because, for obvious reasons, because half your team had co- half their team had COVID. So, oh um, yeah, I I don't know if we if we mentioned I don't think we talked about that last week. I did not realize the extent of the Gators outbreak. They had thirty one positives, not including coaching staff or just team staff in general. Oh, it was bad. It was so bad. I mean, that's so many players out. Like. And they, I mean, they said they were definitely, they postponed it, you know, through the, the 26th, but 
and I, I think their commitment was, you know, zero tests across the board before they even resume play. Right, and they're they're right. They, they kept saying so much. And one was like, "I think we're being one of the safest, you know, safest organizations out there." And then, like, like three days later, just boom, thirty positives. It's like, hmm, man, you you spoke way too soon, and that is, ugh, boof. But I'm but I mean, not to jump into to politics, but the state of Florida, you know, is not taking this seriously at all. And you see right. just how how easily it spreads, you know. And obviously, the the Gators have probably got to be the the best football team in in Florida, and for them to basically lose their you know their best chance at you know a national title team with that kind of a spread, I mean that should be a wake up call, but it it won't be. It probably won't be. Uh, speaking of wake up calls, how many how many times does Auburn have to get given a W before people start to like riot and say this is not okay? Quit trying to make Auburn, Gus Malzahn, and Bo Nix relevant. It's it. Like the fact that they they're trying to make fetch happen and it's just not gonna happen. They 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 had to give they had to gift them a win last week against Arkansas. This week, Bo Nix turned around and tried to spike the ball and they gave it to him. And people you know people were going nuts. They're like, you can't hide, you can't take the snap, take a couple you know take a step or two back, take a step or two backwards, turn around and then spike it. Like everyone's looking for the intentional grounding, or, you know. Loss of play, but they but they gave it to him, and then sure enough, Auburn was able to to win. I'm I'm not sure why the the refs are making sure that that they're staying in these games, but it it's just or even just making sure that they maintain their leads. It's just really frustrating from somebody who hates Auburn as much as I do to see this happening in back to back weeks. Yeah, but I mean they're they're three and two, and you know who they got. Right. You know, but they should be one and four because they should have lost to Ole Miss and they should have lost to Arkansas, which Arkansas shouldn't be getting any games wrong from them. The fact that they're even in these games is incredible. They were supposed to go zero and ten this year. Um, otherwise, yeah, Missouri beat Kentucky, which is kind of surprising, even though they beat LSU last week. I thought Kentucky was kind of on a roll there, um, you know, destroying Tennessee and all, but. LSU took care of business against South Carolina. Their their backup quarterback came in, did really well, completed over 80% of his passes, had a couple touchdowns. Just basically, his job was just to maintain control of the ball, which he did really well. But, of course, there's those idiot fans saying, like, you need to bench Brennan for Finley. He's doing great. And uh, Coach O was like, it just without even a doubt, just like, no, Brennan's our quarterback. Like, we're not – there's no controversy Brennan was just not feeling good this week. I think he had like a stomach thing or something. But it, it's just amazing. The, uh... One game against a horrible team like turns your fans all on, all on to your great quarterback because Brennan's doing great. I don't know why the, uh, the the scoreboards here are not showing me any of these games, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're three and two, but they're going to get their comeuppance here. They got the uh, the Iron Bowl on the twenty eighth, and then that I assume it's a rescheduled game against A and M to close the season. So, I mean, it. If Auburn is what you say they are, I mean, there's two more losses, and a four-loss team is is not going anywhere. Should already have those four losses, but all right, let's move on. I won't bore everyone else with my Auburn hatred anymore. Also, fuck Jared Stidham. Okay, so uh, coming up, you know, I mean, Marshall. I guess Marshall is still undefeated, and they're ranked 19, so they kind of fall into that group. Uh, they're going to get. This should be a pretty easy game against FIU. This is why this is why I mentioned we should have a play in for the playoff. If we have like three or four undefeated group of five teams, why not? Yeah, I mean, I'd 
I'd be there for it. Little uh, any any more interesting college football games is always something I'm down for. Right. Would it happen? No, but yeah, it'd be great. All right, so we've got uh, just for the the top twenty five, Notre Dame's going to get a you know fairly meaningless <clears throat> game against Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, we assume they win. Boise State has only played one game so far this season. Weren't they? I mean, what is their deal? Because is the Mountain West the Mountain just starting West. now? Is that Mountain West just started? Yeah, yeah they're just like the Big Ten. They just started. They just just started. Yeah, so I mean, they got a whole slate of games ahead up up here, but. I mean, we'll we'll reserve any judgment until after they play BYU. There's there's no point in, in knowing anything about them quite yet. So this Florida Missouri game, yeah. any chance that actually takes place? They're they're planning on it right now. I'm Missouri's always kind of like our our special game every year. Like for a couple of years, it was Vanderbilt. The second we got rid of um, Muschamp, you know, we moved on to. To Mullen, all of a sudden it became Missouri. I don't know why, but for some reason Missouri is like our trap game year in and year out. So if we can take care of Missouri, I feel pretty confident that would be good on everybody else besides Georgia. So if the game does happen, which we'll see, it's in Florida. So I <laughs> I don't know if they want to put the Missouri players at risk uh, along with whoever they play next. So my get my gut guess is yes that they're they're not gonna stop this play because they already scheduled the rescheduled the LSU game for the very end of the season and they don't have any more room so I think they're gonna play yeah because I don't know if they have to follow it because I know the Big Ten is just doing if there's a COVID game they just they're gonna rule it no contest so I imagine Florida right. actually start doing that too and that I believe it uh it just counts as like the game effectively wasn't played it's not a forfeit it's just to just it deletes from the schedule so right I don't, that doesn't do anything to hurt Florida really because I mean, Florida's still got you know UGA on the the seventh, and then you know LSU at the end of the year, and and obviously my if, curiosity is the tiebreaker. If uh, if Georgia goes, you know eight and two, are they better than Florida's eight and one? If Florida gets that head to head, you would assume not, but it's like well they played ten full games and they didn't. I, I don't know. Uh, you would just give the you know. Even if the, the, the standings are somehow tied. I mean, they play each other on the 7th, and the winner, that's going to be the winner of the SEC East. Sure. So yeah. You imagine that's how the chips are going to have to fall. Uh, Clemson's going to do naughty things to Boston College. Uh, Georgia's going to get Kentucky. Now, Kentucky hasn't been complete horseshit lately. Uh, other than, Up until last when they lost to Missouri. Yeah, I mean, they like we talked about last week, they had those, you know, two losses and seemed like they turned a switch and dominated, you know, Mississippi State and Tennessee. And they turn around and just 20 to 10 against Mizzou. So, I mean, and I guess that's, to be fair, it's not like we were expecting Kentucky to be a power. But do we see Kentucky playing that, you know, playing the way they played against Tennessee or playing against the way they played against Mizzou? Because those are both away games. So, I mean, it's a fair sample. Yeah, it, it, all, it all seems to come down to their offense because their defense is solid. It just really comes down to if their offense performs or not. And I think for Georgia, they're expecting JT JT Daniels to come back. So I don't think we'll see as much as Stetson Bennett. And we'll probably see a lot more. Uh, uh, I think JT Daniels is more capable than Stetson Bennett. He's also just taller because Stetson's super short and didn't look like he could see over the line. He had, like I think it was 10 passes batted down last week against he a, Alabama. He had, yeah, he had so many. It was it was rough to watch. Um, I mean, we'll see because if, if we're talking about Kentucky's offense and said Georgia defense, this is uh, this is over before it started. Uh, Cincinnati will get that game against Memphis, so that'll be at least uh, probably the one of the more interesting games to watch. Um, 
Oh, I guess we didn't bring it up because the for some reason the list of, of scoreboards that it's trying to show me likes to leave off a, a bunch of games unless anybody was ranked. But let's not gloss over <laughs> what happened to Michigan State last weekend. What the hell was that? They got housed by Rutgers. Rutgers. Yeah. 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 And that's who Michigan gets this week is the is this uh, troubled Michigan State team. I, I have no idea. I you, you can drum it up to week one stuff, but it's still Rutgers. I mean, at one point it was, you know, it was 28 to 10. I mean, I, I watched most of it just to see if it was a comeback. But no, I mean, Rutgers, they didn't look like Rutgers and Michigan State looked like Rutgers. It was very confusing. Very, very confusing. So we'll see how, how all that uh you know, it turns out. I, I mean, obviously, if Michigan looks as good as they did against Minnesota, this is just going to be a bad day for Sparty. Uh, Kansas State looks to maintain their position in the Big 12 against 3-2 and two West Virginia. The, the, I mean, the Mountaineers, their wins have come in against, uh, you know, Eastern Kentucky, Baylor, and, and Kansas. So I don't, I don't know if you can really respect those wins. Hardly. So... Uh, I would uh, I would look for continued excellence by uh, Kansas State. It'd be kind of cool if we you know didn't have a you know just in this crazy year, no Texas, no Oklahoma, and we have like a Kansas State versus Oklahoma State Big Twelve. You know just to see some some new blood in there. They're all facing each other though this year, right? Like there's no there's no like uh, off weeks for anybody, so they would have to face each other twice. Right, yeah. I mean, Kansas State they get a they get Oklahoma State on the the seventh again. But I mean, just in in the, the championship game, to not you know to not see the same, not see the same game we've seen for what feels right. like ten yeah. years. It's typical what we get every year, like a, the second ver- the Red River rivalry. Can't even talk Red River rivalry part two every year that we get. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State will get uh, their shot at. Texas, so we'll see if uh, if Texas could play a little spoiler there because you can't count them out. I mean, uh, you know, Ellinger is, you know, I don't I don't know if he'll translate to the NFL at all, but at least at the collegiate level, Ellinger's a stud, and if you sleep on him, he will he will make you pay for it. He's already got 17 touchdowns so far this year. Yeah, uh, and he's he's got that second element like he, people don't really give him enough credit for it, but he's pretty good with his legs, so he definitely keeps he keeps every game interesting. Indiana got rewarded, so they're they're going to get Rutgers. So I guess we will find out what Rutgers is made out of. But uh, Indiana jumped; up, they're ranked 17. Does that not seem too high? That just seems like ridiculous. But it's because they beat uh, a top 10 team. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess if you just look at the definition, if you went unranked beat a top 10 team, you should be you know get a decent rank spot. But I think we're all now curious whether or not Penn I'm State not deserved sure that eight ranked. Indiana was. I'm not sure like how much respect they were getting beforehand because it was only a touchdown. It was less than a touchdown game for picks, like the spread. So somebody, you know, some people were expecting it to be a decently close game. So I don't know. Maybe Indiana's got a better class or something. I don't. I don't even know why this game was closely picked. But uh, Alabama's gonna. They're gonna get to uh, take Mississippi State to the woodshed. But what? Do we have any fears about Alabama down the stretch with the loss of uh, Jalen Waddle when he broke his ankle? Yeah, yeah, they might not cover that thirty-three point spread. I, I mean, like later on in the year. I mean, obviously we're not ready against yeah, Mississippi State. No, but. no, no, I know. Um, 
because I, I was I was thinking about putting a bet on it. But um, no, really, I don't. I don't. Uh, to me, I feel like wide receivers are one of the more replaceable positions, um, unless you have you know somebody who's just dropping them left and right. I, which you can just you know bring in somebody else who won't do that. But especially when you have the production that they have out of their top three wide receivers, uh, I don't think they're losing all that much. So uh, obviously he is he's tremendous, and he's all you know his speed itself just makes him dangerous. But uh, I, I think it's it's Alabama. I don't know who they who they would even be troubled with based on how they played so far. Going off tail of the tape, I think uh, Mississippi State, obviously, like you said, they're going to trounce them. LSU isn't the same team. Kansas can't keep up offensively. Auburn should should be one and four right now. And then Arkansas, despite how how well they're playing, they're they're not a threat for Alabama. So they obviously run the table and go ten and zero. It just feels like Alabama. Yeah, I don't think they have any trouble in the SEC yet, but I think in the playoffs they're going to run into an issue because it seems like whenever Alabama's in a down and distance situation, Jalen Waddle's always open for 14 yards, just no matter what. He's just, you know, he's like what Calvin. He's basically the perfect replacement for what Calvin Ridley did for them forever. He's just he's always open. You can't seem to cover him, and anytime you know it's a third and long, he just he gets open and keeps the drive alive, and then you can't you you, know, you can't stop him, and that's that's when. So for Alabama to lose. That weapon, I think it really hurts their national championship hopes. But right, he, he was a leading receiver before the game, even, and he still was after the game, and he didn't play like the whole game, right? So yeah, because I think he got hurt on like the very opening play of the game. So yeah, but they still have like Devonte Smith, who he he has forty five catches on the year, and that's like twenty more than Jay. Obviously, that's after this game, but um, they're, they're expecting Mechie to like step up, I guess. I mean, obviously well, he he should, but. Alabama has been Alabama's been crazy about being able to reload at the wide wide receiver position for like the past five years. I don't know whether you know Alabama used to be you know for years and years and years basically a a new Nebraska of just pound it down your throat and there's nothing you could do and smothering defense, but they've been able to air it out and they just keep reloading with NFL talent. So maybe I'm wrong, but I think uh, I think Waddle makes them much more vulnerable to a likes of like Clemson, Uh, Penn State. They drop from eight to eighteen, and they in fact do get the Death Star. The line is twelve and a half. Uh, I still think I'd take Ohio State and give the points for that. I don't. I don't see unless Penn State was just absolutely asleep in Week One. I. I think yeah. Ohio State so could comfortably win this by fourteen. Twelve and a half seems pretty low to me. So and yeah, yeah, obviously cover. I know the offensive coordinator for Minnesota is who went to Penn State. I don't. I don't. Penn State put up a, a decent amount of points. So their quarterback ran for over 100 yards. So some things were going right or or too wrong, and he had to leave the pocket a lot. But I, I think Ohio State easily covers by two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. But uh, the only thing to look out for is, is Penn State is literally playing for their entire season. So maybe, they're, maybe they dig down deep and find something, but I don't know. Uh, A&M is going to play a tricky game against Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas, any hope of continuing to, to play, you know, spoiler here and be surprisingly good? or Probably is... continue to get screwed because people hate Arkansas. So uh, I'm also really glad to see Philippe Franks doing well. You know, good for him. The, the dude's a great leader. He's just not super accurate, but he's, he's got a great attitude and a great spirit. So I, I hope that they pull this off. Um, you could say I'm salty that the Texas A&M won against Florida, but really I, I should be rooting for them to go you know, to run the table from here on out to make them look better. But I, I just think that it should, this would help prove that it was kind of a fluke game that AM didn't deserve because Kellen Mond will have a great week and then a horrible week. He's just 
this team's too inconsistent to run the table. It'll be a. I mean, the game starts at, at six thirty Central, so it, it's one of the uh, the better games going on in the the late window. I mean, obviously, you're gonna, I'm going to keep an eye on the the Penn State Ohio State game, but I have a feeling that's going to go to hand fast. Um, SMU. I mean, they're pretty much out of it, but they're going to get to uh, you know play another game against uh, Navy. North Carolina should get another win against Virginia. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas Tech are going to play a meaningless game, and then BYU looks to extend their undefeated undefeated streak against Western Kentucky. That's pretty much it for the the ranked teams. It's not a not really an exciting slate of games coming up. Really, the only you know, game of consequence is going to be you know does Oklahoma State get tripped up, and then Oklahoma State, uh, Texas A and M, and then I guess we keep an eye on on Penn State, but. Should be a, a good good Saturday to take some naps on if you need to catch up on your sleep. All right, let's go over to the NFL. Please. All right, so it was a uh, an, an ugly game there on on Thursday. Just that's not good football by either either side. I mean, that was just a horrendous thing to watch. Uh, I mean, just just miscue after mistake after like you're watching this going. Are these actually two professional level teams? The Eagles managed to squeak it out at right. the end, which is just the Giants being the Giants. But I mean, I mean, I, I guess the the Giants are going to get another crack at the Eagles in two weeks. But well, this is what I get for picking the Eagles to cover. I, I my rule is I don't bet on Thursday games, so I don't know why I went against this and. You said miscues, like everyone just make fun of Daniel Jones. He he got a really good top speed. He had like the 15th fastest time. It's faster than any of Lamar Jackson's times this year. It was just nuts that he, I mean, first of all, just tripped on the 20-yard line, but then he was able to get that fast. And then uh, the the fact that the Eagles were able to come back was, yeah, just like you said, it was just the Giants being the Giants. The, the Giants were also laughing at Daniel Jones falling before they'd even scored the touchdown, which was kind of funny to me. I mean, you have to laugh at Daniel Jones, and everybody yeah, everybody rightly did. The team will laugh after they score. It's like, oh, it's funny, you know, since we were still still able to punch it in. Uh, haha, because if you hadn't, then, you know, fuck you. But but if you've ever in cool. your life been running, you know, in something, and you just you get that moment where the top half of your body just gets a little bit ahead, and you feel your feet aren't going to keep up, and you just you go for as long as you can, but you know you're face planting, and to know millions of people are watching, that had to have felt so bad for Daniel. Jones. He was he was clearly running faster than than what his body is normally capable of because he ran himself out of his shoes. But the fact that he was he was like out sprinting all those DBs, I don't I don't know how. I don't think his forty time was that fast. So I <laughs> I don't know where the hell that speed came from. All right, moving on. The the Saints get a win against the the Panthers. So the that moves the Saints. You know they're they're four and two, so they're behind the the Buccaneers, who are kind of surging lately. You know the Panthers, the Panthers, the Panthers. Wow, the Panthers are kind of playing with house money because they were supposed to be the Falcons this year. So I mean, just the fact that they you know they've already got three wins, and you know to to lose by three to the the Saints, who should have been taking their lunch money. I don't think the Panthers have really much of a shot at that wild card spot, but I think it's, you know, as far as Matt Rule and Teddy Bridgewater be concerned, this is probably a pretty <clears throat> decent season to improve upon for next year. Right. I mean, going tied into the fourth quarter, I mean, this was really anybody's game. So the fact that they were there the whole time, and plus if they get McCaffrey back, who who knows, you know, what difference he's going to make with these guys. So The Bills, tr- 
tried to throw this away to the Jets. I don't know what they were doing for this, you know, the entire game. Uh, you know, the, the Jets, are, you know, going to half up 10 to 6 over, you know, which uh, when you just look at the Bills record that they're 5 and 2, you would never expect for them to, to squeak this one out. And I think no betters one. everywhere. That's most people are putting. That's what most people are betting for them to cover. Yeah, betters everywhere, including both of us, were very disappointed in the Bills. But at least they made my my parlay pay off. So the uh, man, the 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 Cowboys are just just pack it up and go home, right? This is just over. Yeah, I mean, you can blame on Andy Dalton getting hurt, but he didn't get hurt until there was you know six minutes left in the third quarter, so. It, it definitely some of this falls on him and his ability to run that offense. So I thought that they should have traded for, for Winston. I, that was my gut instinct. It's like, well, why not? You have these receivers, you got Zeke, you got um, Pollard, you got this great offense. Like go, go get a guy who can just air it out. It's, it's better than, than what you got. And he's not on a great contract right now. You could probably swing him. Just, just go get him, get somebody better than Dalton. I mean, but do you, though? I mean, it's over, right? Would you just not take your lumps and try to get a better draft spot? I mean, I understand that, yes, now you have to have Ben <clears throat> DiNucci under center. If you're McCarthy, if you're McCarthy, you want to win now because you just got this job, and those are the expectations. So if you're him, you want to go get somebody who can give you a chance because in this division, you're never out. That should be just like their their motto. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. You're never out. I don't know what their their situation is like if they can pay another quarterback to come in. Uh, I mean, honestly, if if Miami's going to bench him, you could get Fitzmagic, and that's you know Fitzmagic could probably if he's playing at the level that he's been playing in Miami so far, is he's probably up there as the you know one of the better if not the best quarterbacks in the NFC East if he's there, right? It's for sure an upgrade uh, over what you currently got, um, but otherwise, I've, like. I don't know if the Dolphins, you know, if they're too, you know, if they're overconfident in Tua and he and he doesn't perform, they they probably want to keep Fitzmagic. I've never in my life heard of Ben DiNucci before, so that's not good for the Cowboys. Same. Uh, he went to JMU, whatever that is. But also, I mean, other than you, you'd want to get CD Lamb some reps, but you don't want to risk, you know, Cooper getting hurt, or you know, God forbid, Elliott because. I mean, if you come back reloaded with a, a DAC next year and obviously make some significant improvements on defense and probably fire Mark McCarthy, you know, Dallas isn't like that far away from their on their, their roster. Obviously, the defense needs to be massively retooled. Do they? Do they fire Mark McCarthy after one year? <laughs> Wouldn't one, you? One year, without, one year without DAC? I, just from everything I saw when he was in, you know, in, in Green Bay and, uh, you know, I, I was Fused why they even brought him in here to begin with. Obviously, you probably give him one more year with healthy people. Um, but I think every everyone but the management in Dallas knows that you shouldn't have Mike McCarthy. All right, so the uh, the Packers, uh, they take care of the, the Texans. They get to uh, dismantle the Vikes next week. It's going to be ugly. We have to go play them in Lambeau. At least the Vikings couldn't lose this week. Thank God for bye weeks every once in a while. Uh, Ray Ray, recap for me this this these final plays of this Lions Falcons debacle. Man, it was nuts. I I watched Red Zone for like the second time ever. It was actually it was crazy. The Lions are up two points, and this is the the first time that I've ever seen a team 
choke in the fourth quarter by scoring a touchdown. It was it was wild. So the Lions are up by two. The Falcons are driving well within field goal range or on like the 10-yard line or maybe eight or something. They're, they're within the 10-yard line. Todd Gurley breaks through the middle somehow. Who knows how? I can't imagine. Maybe it's because the Lions aren't trying to tackle him because right when he makes contact with the linebackers, they both like brace like they're going to try to hit him. And then they kind of just like ease up and sort of like, I don't know, they don't like push him, but they kind of like let him go towards the end zone. And when Gurley braces for impact, he sort of like builds up his momentum because he thinks that they're going to hit him really hard. And his like trying to break through it carried him forward enough. He tried to go down at the last second and ended up carrying himself like like the ball just you couldn't even tell, like barely touched the white of the end zone. So it technically broke the plane. I'm not sure how they called it a touchdown, but they reviewed it and they weren't able to to overturn it because it 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 did. You can tell it definitely like barely touched the plane in his arms. And then of course the Lions run down the field with like 45 seconds left and score a touchdown to win by one. It was just wild that scoring a touchdown ended up losing. Who who else besides the Falcons could have done that? I could think of a team. Uh, so. I- uh, the the Steelers they remain undefeated. What hell happened to Gostowski? He can't hit anything short. Yeah, it's really weird. He had a <laughs> a, a long forty yard field goal, and and he missed it. But for some reason, he's five of five from longer than fifty. But he's five of eleven under fifty percent from less than fifty. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. His I mean, PATs yeah. aren't great this year either. I was always. Blown away at the fact that the, the Patriots let him go. But, man, does Bill just know something all the time about some of these guys? Because he caught him loose at just the right time. Yeah, he had, like, one and a half struggle years. And, I mean, I'm not, so, I'm not surprised the Patriots let him go. You, you don't really stick around there too long if you're not performing your job. So, um, yeah, when he got picked up, I wasn't surprised that he went to the Titans. Because that's basically, you know, the Patriots 2.0 right now. And the Lions are 2.5. So, he had to go to one of those two teams. The Bucks had a pretty outstanding performance uh, packing in the Raiders. Are we seeing the Bucks really hit their stride now? The way they, they crushed Green Bay and the way they, they crushed Las Vegas, two teams who are not terrible by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, the, the Raiders were looking like they're propped up for a decent run next year. The the Packers are obviously, you know, the vintage Packers at this point, except for that last week. I mean, are we kind of seeing the the NFL's Death Star coming into play here? I, I think that the the Packers last week was a bit of a fluke just because it's not too often you get a pick six on Rodgers and then a near pick six on Rodgers just two passes later. So I think that just kind of rattled his cage, threw him off his game, and that threw the whole Packers game plan kind of like into, you know, uh, where they had to recycle it and try making a new. But the Buccaneers' offense is clicking. Gronkowski is playing the way that we all, ex- you know, most of us expected him to once he got into form. He's finally doing it. Um, the run game is is going really well. Fournette averaged almost five yards a carry, and you got Ronald Jones, who's one of the the league leaders this year. Um, I, I think that the Buccaneers are finally coming into form because their defense is playing the way that most people expect. The defense is what kept them in games last year. Most people forget that this team was really good defensively. It was just Jameis Winston throwing away those games, you know, with multiple interceptions in the fourth quarter almost every game. So they've eliminated that. And they've added a little bit more production along with keeping that same defense. So this was like a recipe for success, and it's finally coming through to fruition. 
Here's something that's really confusing me about the Bucks and just the fact that they, I don't know how they keep just bringing in every, you know, talented free agent ever to come on the market. It just they didn't get Bell. Yeah, they didn't get Bell, but they were in talks for him. Like, right. So you have Mike Evans, so I know he's been a little bit injury plagued, but they're not really using him at all. I don't know that Mike Evans, did he have any injury designation coming into this game? No, I, I played him in my league and it was really disappointing. He, even the games he has scored a lot of points, it's been really disappointing. He's got like four touchdowns of one yards this year. He, he had one game where he had two catches for each for one yard and for a touchdown. And that and that's a decent stat line, you know, fantasy wise, but it doesn't bode well for, you know, for the future. I I kind of wish I had tried to look him for a, a trade because he's been uh, not performing great. He's he's not getting the targets really. No, and I mean, obviously, there's only so many, you know, so many passes that can go around. But when Brady's throwing the ball 45 times a game, and I understand that you have, you know, Gronkowski and Cameron Brate, you know, two awesome, and I, and Howard too, but I don't think he was playing. Uh, you know, they have great tight ends uh, on that team, and obviously Chris Godwin is really good. But to have Mike Evans to underutilize him and then go add Antonio Brown on, on top of it, I just do not understand, you know, what is happening there. And they're just the rich keep getting richer. Right. And, and you can't you can't be, you know, if you're a, a, a Bucks fan, you can't be disappointed that they're adding depth to wide receiver, right? Especially if it's Antonio Brown, but... Uh, I mean, basically replace him with Scotty Miller, and I mean, he had six catches for 100 yards. If that's in a touchdown, if that's Antonio Brown, it's probably more than that, right? You, you assume if it's peak Antonio Brown, but yeah, uh, I, I think this is more Antonio Brown trying to prove his worth. Uh, he also had a relationship with Brady already from last year that apparently worked out pretty well. It was just uh, Brown's relationship with Kraft that got really sour. So I'm not, I'm not too surprised. I just, if you're a defensive coordinator, you got to look at the Bucks and just have no idea what the hell to do because you can't not respect Mike Evans, but they're not even looking his way. Like, I don't know. I, I hate the idea of super teams. Game where they do. That's the game where Mike Evans goes off. But yeah. This was an interesting thing that uh, I was reading earlier. Matthew Barry, of all people, um, was pointing out that Chris Godwin Mike Evans, both top five wide receivers last year, which is crazy in fantasy, only twice all season did they both have top 25 weeks in in the same week. Otherwise, it was literally always one or the other. And that's kind of what it's happening this week or this year. It's like, but now it's divided between Gronk, those two, and even Scotty Miller a little bit, plus Fournette and Jones, who knows gonna, who's going to be catching. If you add Brown, that's just going to add more diversity to who's going to have the big week. So the the Chiefs win the the snowball, which is snowball, which is kind of entertaining to watch there in Denver. The the Chargers, uh, they let the Jaguars hang around for a while. Ultimately, finished them off. Um, I want to talk about this Patriots team a little bit, and I, I know you probably don't because they just got destroyed by the 49ers, thirty three to six. Yeah, I took a, a nap at a bad time. Yeah, but the so the, I mean the Patriots when you look at you know. Uh, pro football, you know, focus or whatever. I mean, their offensive line was rated seven coming into this year, and it's not like they've been too terrible. Obviously, Cam Newton had a – not all those picks were his fault, right? But, you know, we know he's an, an extreme talent. Sony Michelle is and James White are a legit tandem. That defense, for the most part, has been keeping up this year. They're not terrible. I mean, they're not the, the Patriots of old. Right. But what what are these – what are the Patriots even trying to do – to get 
a receiving core. Because if you look at so the the leading receivers were Jacoby Myers, and he had four for sixty. Rex Burkshead, who's you know a running back, he had three for thirty-five. Otherwise, everyone else in the team who caught a ball caught one for the entire game for no more than you know sixteen yards. Yeah, and even Edelman only had one, only had three targets on the game. So, like a big part of that is trying to establish the run game. Plus, Cam bailing a lot. He he seemed to bail the pocket quite a bit. Um, and also, just the fact that I don't know, maybe they don't trust him as much. That throwing really intermittent short passes instead of deep passes, which is hard to come. You know, if you're in a big hole like they were early, it was it's hard to come back from. But well, I guess my point is, who the hell do you throw to? And is this just Bill? Outthinking even himself, where you know he didn't he didn't you know draft anybody you know wide receiver talent, even though there was a lot there. He didn't. You know, it, we'd have to see if he picks anybody up in you know a trade or something similar to how they got you know Muhammad Sanu. Obviously, he didn't work out, but to at least make that effort because they got to give some they got to give Cam somebody to throw to. They got to give him you know a uh, oh shit I'm about to die throw it in his general direction kind of guy. And I'm, if you don't I'm have still, a yeah, I don't know. and we've. If you don't have a wide receiver core, I mean, what? That's just a waste of Cam Newton, which I think is part of what the plan is. I'm, I'm seriously starting to think that they're that they're tanking, but they're trying to make the games close, like obviously except for last week. But um, they drafted two tight ends, so back to back also, and I, I don't know. I think that maybe they're trying to see if they can get them to pan out slash stay healthy. So. I, this really seems like a wait until next year kind of thing. I, I almost feel like Belichick is like. They'll put an asterisk next to it anyway, so fuck it. Let's just tank, get the best quarterback that we possibly can, and and work from there. Because that, that seems to be the recipe, right? You get a young quarterback um, before you sign him to a max deal. You 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 know take him, have him take you to the Super Bowl. It worked with Goff, worked with Mahomes, has worked with a lot of quarterbacks in the past. Wilson, so maybe he's just finally taking a page out of a page out of everybody else's playbook instead of you know making his own or having the rest of the league follow suit. I mean, I disagree that if you have Cam Newton, if you can put an offensive line in front of him, just go get someone for him to throw the ball to and see what you Some have. His passes are just not good, though. Like, at least one and a half of those interceptions were his fault. He he underthrew Nikhil Harry so hard, and it was only like a 10, you know, 10, 15 yard throw. And it was just a horrible pick. And it's not, he was getting pressured, but it wasn't like a in your face pressure. It was more like a, like, if you don't get rid of it in a couple seconds, I'm going to get you kind of pressure. And uh, it's just. He's been kind of hard to watch since since week two. So I, there's rumors that he's injured. He re-injured his shoulder from that surgery, and also apparently his wrist on his throwing arm is also injured. So he also might have not fully recovered from COVID. Who knows? Maybe he's having some, you know, obviously not as much trouble as Ryquel. Uh, Ryquel? Yeah. Ryquel, Armstead? Whatever the running back. Yeah, Armstead. Um, but he's obviously, he, he could be having some troubles, whether, whether it's uh, – sickness or injury something's going on with him so i'm not going to make a whole lot of i think we just reinforced that the cardinals are like legitimately a, a pretty good team i mean i think everyone's just going to freak out over that you know depending on metcalf yeah. play but i mean i think the the cardinals are you know they're definitely you know in the the hunt now i mean they're a half the game back from first place over the seahawks but they just beat uh and with the the 49ers coming back into the fold and you know the if the rams can get a win tonight I mean, that's just such a stacked division in the NFC West right now of, yeah. of teams that are just legitimately good. All right, let's look forward to uh, to next week. Any notable games? Uh, 
what you know obviously the the Vikings Packers would have been one but obviously not this year uh it's going to be an absolute spanking with the the Chiefs and the Jets uh one really good game coming up here is going to be the Steelers and Ravens obviously those two teams will meet again in the playoffs uh but it'll be interesting to see if the Steelers finally go down uh Obviously, Lamar Jackson's quite not quite at the form you know he was last year, which I don't think anyone expected him to maintain. But the the Ravens are are definitely good, and they just got you know Yannick from the Vikings, which will make their defense you know even better. So this is going to be you know probably the 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 must watch game of the week. We'll see. I, we get to a start right uh, this Sunday. Yeah, yeah, this is his first start. It'll be interesting to see how uh, how Tua does. Uh, I think the Patriots are playing an eliminate, elimination game against the Bills. I think they lose this and go to two to five. And then the the tank is on because you, I don't, I don't think uh, we're going to see a recovery from that. And that'll probably be the worst season ever under Belichick, right? For from my experience, yeah. Even yeah. his first couple of years, he's still for your lifetime. Sorry. Um, 49ers Seahawks will be another really really good one. Uh, I think uh, the 49ers are kind of getting healthier, and you see they're they're clawing back into it. Obviously, they uh, were able to do what they did to the, the Patriots. Uh, Saints Bears should be a pretty good one, especially if we finally get Michael Thomas to come back for the you know, the Saints to see what they can do against that Bears defense. Uh, obviously, we have to wait till we find out uh, tonight what happened against the Rams. But if the Bears manage to drop two in a row here, uh, I think that takes a lot of the wind out of the sails that people have been been pumping into them. And those are two definitely losable games. Um, and then the the Sunday night game, and this is just a they should be able to flex games so much better than than they do, especially in the COVID where you know we don't really have fans. They have been. I thought they like had been flexing most of the games at least last year. I thought like they did. Well, as of right now, the Cowboys and Eagles get the Sunday night game, and that's. I mean, obviously, those are two big fan bases, so the ratings will be there, and you might just tune in to feel better about yourself. And uh, they're both so well in the playoff race. Yeah, technically, but I don't know. I mean, this should be an easy dub for the for the Eagles, but who knows? Yeah, the, the Eagles. If, uh, Mick Diggins, or whatever the hell you said his name was, is starting, then that's going to be a huge problem. I believe it's Danucci. DiMaggio, whatever. And and you would think having you know DiMaggio at the plate would have, it'd be a much better storyline if he was starting for like the Giants, right? Because you know they're they're you know New York and New Jersey, and you've got Danucci who steps up and he's gonna he's gonna save the season. But to have a Danucci in Dallas makes no sense. You know it's not an Italian boy making good there, so it's just a bad story and a bad game. And and, and I'm glad you brought up the Giants right after mentioning like being able to flex games, because why are the Buccaneers and the Giants playing on Monday night? This is just not exciting for anybody. I mean, I could see not being able to flex the the Monday one because it's that extra, you know, day of rest, and it's a little different. But we're talking only I, a I few thought, hours. I thought, I thought, I thought if, you, if they did it, like, over two weeks in advance that it wasn't a problem for them. I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm remembering something. Two, two weeks ago, we weren't so sure about this Buccaneers team yet. Right, but we were all sure about the Giants. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I mean, what, the Steelers and Ravens on either of those primetime spots would be magical, right? All eyes and, you know, any any football fan who actually gives a shit about the season would be on it. Because that's, I mean, right. that could be an AFC championship matchup. Uh, Steelers, so, Ravens, Saints, Bears. There, there, there's a lot of quite a few decent games that they could have put there. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, we got a little bit of news. Let's go to the, the, the spread them. All right. So I did good. Right. 
I did good. I got both of mine turned out. The uh, the Packers obviously crushed Houston by 15, so that three and a half was all we needed. The Panthers only lost by three, so that plus nine was good there. Uh, the Bills dudded you out, and they made you lose uh, a spread em bet and some real-life money. Uh, so you went 2-1 uh, and one on the week because the Steelers uh, pulled out the win because Dostowski can't hit the broadside of a barn with a scoop shovel. Um, so I went 2-0. and oh, You went 1-1, one and one, so I'm only three games back now. Uh, so let's uh let's first go with this week's spread on bets and then and then we'll give you the update on the big fat mouth bet because we've come to a decision all right uh ray ray who is your fave such a gentleman let me go first i got the packers by six and a half that's the current line as we speak it'll probably keep moving as it already has been although in the opposite direction we expected but uh Packers, I think, easily win by at least a touchdown, even though I hate betting on divisional games. The Vikings have showed me nothing to give me, um, other than their garbage time touchdowns. They've showed me nothing that makes me think that they can keep this game close. I don't think a divisional game is going to allow a whole lot of garbage time, especially when it's in Lam- in Lambeau, where the Vikings are historically really, really bad. Um, this line could be 13, and I'd still take the pack. So it's a pretty good fave there. Um, my fave is going to be the... The Colts, I uh, believe they get the Lions here. It's only two and a half points. Um, but, you know, the Lions, they always stay really close to in it in, you know, in every game and, you know, either win or lose dramatically on the very last play from Matty Stafford. So I think that the two and a half point line, the, you know, even if it's a close game, it'll probably be decided by at least three. And I, I like the Colts to uh, to beat the Lions here. I don't really see that, uh, you know, going you the are. I, Crazy, my man. I feel like I the Colts and the Lions, both two of like those like sixteen teams in the league right now, where you have no idea how they're gonna do this week. Are they gonna be great? Are they gonna be garbage? Are they gonna be playing exactly to their opponent's level? Who fucking knows? Exactly. It's definitely a who fucking knows game. But do you really see the Lions winning two who fucking knows games back to back? That's not the Lions' way. I'm taking the Colts. Well, uh, I uh, yeah, I, I'm. I got my dog as the Jets. I was really split because the the Bears are two and a half point underdogs against the Rams or uh, whoever they're playing next week. But I was really thinking about taking them, but I just feel like ah, 20 points is just so much in the NFL. It's hard to ignore. So the Jets are probably going to fuck me over in back-to-back weeks by keeping it close against the Bills. And they're probably going to fuck me this week by not keeping it close against the, the, the Chiefs, who for some reason have found their running game. And Mahomes has not been needed at all, which is, like, horrible for my fantasy. It went 0-4 this week. God-awful week. Just overall, pick'ems, fantasy, bets, everything has just been terrible. So it would it would make sense that I would cap it off with, with the Jets not being able to keep it within three scores. Uh, I would believe you because 19.5 is a lot, except it's the Chiefs. <laughs> the, the Chiefs are going to have 21 points yeah. in the first quarter. So. Um, my dog is the the Niners. They get to go to Seattle, uh, you know, and, and obviously it's a divisional game. It'll get played tough. The 49ers are going to get spotted three points. The 49ers defense, if you look at just how rough they were on the, the Patriots, uh, you know, if they can put some pressure on, on Russell and, and try to contain him, I mean, the, the, the Seahawks, they struggled with a god-awful Vikings team, and then they, you know, lose in overtime to – this you know emerging Cardinals team. So if the 49ers defense shows up, I think them and three points, uh, we could see a Niners win. All right, so here's the news. 
Here's the news. So I'm five and five. You're eight and two. I'm three back. We decided on a so the initial proposed big fat mouth bet was and Brick mentioned this and, and there was just no way I was going to go through on it. You the initial bet was you had to microwave a steak until it was cooked and then eat it and i couldn't disrespect beef that way so i decided to just with how sour this season has turned out a a good bet would be um the loser has to so you you can make the sour candy uh sour sanding they use on that with uh, citric acid and sugar so you mix up a real strong batch of that and uh mix it into, into vodka shots and you have to take however many games back you are at the end of it uh, you have to take as many uh, super sour vodka shots during the show at the command of the winner. So if it was over right now, Ray Ray would be able to at will make me take three super sour shots during the playoff preview. He has to take three, and then next time I say do it now, he's got to take three more, and then I say do it now, he's got to take three more. Not how not how it works. Um, it's a it's a max of six shots to take because taking six shots in an hour is probably about all i'm willing to sign up for on a monday night um also we don't want to get the you know the show to get out of hand and uh, you know just just tragic things could happen with that much alcohol in a short period of time yeah i I don't think i can control you virtually after six shots so yeah yeah it could get out of hand so and also i don't like sour stuff so basically i Ray Ray's going to be able to mute me, uh, you know, several times during the show. And it's during the playoff preview, so you're just going to get to to run the show, you know, during one of our most important shows of the year. So that'll be fun for the listener. Uh, Ray Ray, I don't have anything else. Did we forget anything this week? Just my uh, my PSA that Halloween is this weekend. Uh, I would say to stay safe, but the most important message is that if you're a sex offender and you're waiting for your required going around to your neighborhood and saying you know, hey, I'm a sex offender, or you have to go door to door and inform your neighbors, Halloween is the perfect time to do it. It's a good show.